Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Package Tourist, hosted by yours truly, The Package Tourist and the magical mystery tour called Life, Matthew DiBiase. Tonight's guest is sports author Jeff Dahlberg. Jeff's a freelance writer who specializes in promotional stories for new entrepreneurs and business startups. Jeff was born and raised in Western New York. He's a graduate of the University of Buffalo and the Toronto Second City Training Center. Jeff lives and works in the Buffalo, New York area and looks forward to the day when both the Bills win a Super Bowl and the Sabres win a Stanley Cup. In 2016, Jeff published his first book, Not Just Snow and Chickens, Positive Stories About Buffalo's Rebirth. And last month, he released We All Just Bought a Team, The Biggest What-Ifs in Buffalo Sports History, a fascinating examination of key what-if and counterfactual scenarios in Buffalo sports history. Jeff? What led you to write about the greatest what-ifs in Buffalo sports history? Well, there was a book that came out a couple of years ago uh, called Upon Further Review, The Greatest What-ifs in Sports History by Mike Pesca. And uh, I was very interested when I heard about the book. And uh, when I read the book, I was surprised there were no Buffalo sports what-ifs. And uh, I thought that was kind of an oversight. I thought at least uh, no goal from 1999 would have been in there. So. Um, I, plus, I also was a fan of other what-if books, you know, military history, United States uh, what-if, world history what-if. And so it just seemed like there was uh, something lacking there. So I just decided that, you know, I had written one book before, and uh, I was experienced um, interviewing business people for their companies. So I said, well, I'll just contact some local sports writers and commentators and see if they're interested in See what they have to say and then i did some research put it together and uh made the book jeff in your opinion based on your research what is the greatest what if scenario in buffalo sports history what is the one that diehard buffalo sports fans always talk about the most well i i don't think there's one greatest what if i think there's probably a tie between um what if the NFL had disallowed Brett Hall's goal in, goal in game six of the 1999 Stanley Cup Finals? And I think that would be tied also with what if the Buffalo Bills had won Super Bowl 25 and subsequently either 26, 27, or 28, but most likely 25. So it's kind of a tie between the two. All right, let's talk about, you mentioned that first. Let's talk about the 1999 Stanley Cup Finals. Talk about that incident, you know, the controversial uh, Hall no goal. Can you tell us, about, our listeners, about that? Well, yes. Um, it was there was a six-game Stanley Cup series in '99 between the Dallas Stars and the Buffalo Sabers. It came down to Game Six in Buffalo, and it was a must-win for the Sabers. I remember it went to the third overtime period. It was around one in the morning, and uh, it was tied at one-to-one, and neither team could score. And then finally, um, the third overtime period, Fred Hall put his gate, his foot in the goal crease, and shot the puck in the net. Uh, however, at the time, the rules were that if you put your foot in the goal crease before shooting the puck, that goal will not be allowed. And there had been over 100 goals that had been disallowed that season alone for the, the exact same reason. And so Coach Lindy Ruff protested and uh, wanted them to go back out there and play. And Commissioner Gary Bettman would not listen. He awarded the Stars of the Cup, and it's been controversial ever since. Now, in your counterfactual scenario, do the uh, do the Sabers uh, uh, eventually win that series? Do you think that would have been enough a key turning point that they could have forced the Game Seven and win the Cup? 
Well, I mean, it is possible, but most of the people that I talked to thought that they could maybe go to a Game 7, but they weren't sure they could win a Game 7. They thought that the Dallas Stars just had a better offensive and defensive depth and that uh, goaltender Dominic Hasley for the Sabres was basically keeping them in in the finals. Um, so they thought it, that it probably was, wasn't likely, of course, you know, Game 7 was anything going to happen. Um, but a lot of people thought it was just prolonging the inevitable. Now, tell us about Super Bowl Twenty-Five. How do you portray that uh, the alternative scenario in Super Bowl Twenty-Five? What, what, what? How did you envision your your, your what-if scenario for that one? Well, everyone I talked to thought that if they won the first Super Bowl, the the one, the first uh, one of the four, that they wouldn't have had the pressure to go back and win it again because they'd already had a one-party trophy. Um, so that the, if they had won Twenty-Five, um, it's likely that they wouldn't have gone to four in a row. Because um, they wouldn't have been that pressure to keep trying to win. You know, we have to go back and prove ourselves. Um, they could have basically rested on their laurels. Um, but there's also a lot of other, you know, things that would have happened had they won that game. Uh, one of them is that uh, Giants defensive coordinator Bill Belichick would have probably never become the head coach. Um, because uh, that win had basically catapulted him into the media as this brilliant original genius. In fact, he had a plan to. Um, he, up until that point, uh, Belichick had concentrated on stopping the run. That was his big philosophy to stop the run. And then he decided that in that game that he was going to let Thurman Thomas get 100 yards, that was running back, and concentrated on stopping the passing game, which, as it turned out, worked. And the fact that Bills didn't score one single touchdown pass in that game. And so if Belichick had, had stuck to his original philosophy to stop the run, who knows if he would have gone to win the game? Um, who knows if he'd gone to the uh, Patriots and built the dynasty there with Tom Brady? I mean, that whole thing could have never materialized. Jeff, you know, I had the honor of interviewing Gary uh, Bill's wideout, Gary Beebe, and I asked him that same question: that what if scenario if they had if Norwood's field goal had been good in Super Bowl twenty five? I asked him would that it might have changed the outcomes in the su- the three subsequent ones. And he thought it might, he was positive that it might have, I, at least in the fourth the fourth loss where they lost 30 to 13 against Dallas, because for a time they were leading in that one. He said if they had won, he thought that might have given them that extra boost of confidence. I mean, do, would you have envisioned, do you envision in that same way in your chapter on that what if scenario? Well, I did have one of the sports writers mention Super Bowl 28, and he thought that. Uh, 28 was also a good chance of winning because they were leading at halftime and then things just sort of fell apart. Um, so yes, it is possible that if they lost 28, they still could have had a chance to win any of the subsequent Super Bowls. So, I mean, it is, it is a possibility. That is true. Um, the window closes after that. In a couple of years, Jim Kelly retired, I think, in 96. And so their window of, you know, winning the Super Bowl after Say ninety four, ninety five, sort of closes. So, um, well, yeah, there are there were some sports writers that did tell me they they felt that uh, twenty eight was also a good opportunity. Interestingly, in one of your chapters, you have a what if scenario. What happens if Jim Kelly had not agreed to play for the Bills? Where would you have put him in your in your alternative scenario? What, how did you envision that? Well, um, that's also a very interesting story because uh, Jim Kelly signed with the Houston Gamblers of the United States Football League, which was an upstart league, sort of like the AFL, that was trying to uh, challenge the NFL's dominance. And in fact, um, 
the gamblers after a couple of years merged with the New Jersey Generals owned by Donald Trump, it's possible that if, if they hadn't pursued a disastrous antitrust lawsuit, which they lost in court, I mean, they actually won in court, but they only were awarded $3 in damages, that um, Kelly could have played for a merged gamblers team or a general team um, if he didn't go to the bills. If the USFL didn't come defunct, um, that's one possible scenario. Now, when you were writing this book, did you interview any of the athletes uh, featured in this book, talk to any of the players, you know, portrayed in your chapters at all? Well, I didn't talk to any of the players, um, but I did interview sports writers, uh, local sports writers at the Buffalo News, Rochester, Rochester Democrat Chronicle, The Athletic, um, some other people uh, who did cover the players and did interview the players. Um, so it's sort of more indirect. But um, I wanted to have, um, I want to get an opinion from different sports writers to see what they felt um, could be the scenarios. I thought that would be uh, more interesting because a lot of times um, they can be a little more objective about it. You know, they're not on the team. Uh, they're not coaching the team. They don't have as much say uh, skin in the game one way or the other. They can look back at it more objectively and say, well, this is what I think might have happened or maybe that could have happened. So. Um, that's the approach that I follow. Now, when you were sketching out your book, did you conceive all of the what if scenarios, or did you get uh, get input from like friends and felt and sports scholars about what uh, topics to pursue? How did you get, come up with your scenario, uh, your scenarios? Well, um, I did talk to some people, but it was mostly thinking about what are the most popular, what are the most well known uh, sports what if. And I thought, well, 10 is a nice round number, you know. Uh, I don't want to make this book too long, like have 30 chapters. I don't want to make it too small and just have five chapters. But um, I just thought about mostly what are the most famous ones, you know, that I could think of. Um, for example, you know, what if Gilbert Pro had gone to the Vancouver Canucks in 1970 with the famous spin of the wheel, you know, uh, Super Bowl 25, uh, Kelly, some of the other Sabres ones. Well, the Buffalo Braves had never moved to San Diego. That was also one that I knew would be popular because um, the Buffaloes had done a feature on the Braves in 2016 where uh, sports writer Bucky Gleason interviewed um, some people about the Braves um, and asked what their opinion was, why did they move, and, and so on and so forth. So, so I just sort of, I thought about, well, these are probably the most popular ones. I mean, you could go on and make these 50 or 100, but the ones that I thought were most likely that uh, readers would be interested in. There were, uh, did you did you have any chapters that you left on the cutting room floor? Some scenarios that you know you you considered maybe even wrote out, but decided not to put in at the end. Anything left on the cutting room floor? Um, well, uh, actually, no. Um, it it took enough uh, took enough time to track down people who were interested uh, to get their opinion and to do the research uh, for the chapters that I did have. Um, it is interesting though that the Buffalo News actually. Um, they came out with um, a group of other sports what ifs that ran to about, I don't know, 20 or 25. And there were some that, you know, um, I probably could include or have included. I know some people talked about um, the first, um, one of the first AFL championship games between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Bills, of course, where the Chiefs won the game and wanted to lose the Super Bowl one to the Packers. Um, that was a little bit before my time, but um, some people have mentioned that. 
Um, so there are ones that I, I could probably include, but um, I guess the 10 were probably the most um, popular, uh, well-known. Oh, so you're saying that the, uh, the what-if scenario of Buffalo winning the 66 AFL championship game against the Chiefs, where they would have, instead, instead of the Chiefs, they would have represented the AFL in Super Bowl. That's not in the book? Well, no, that isn't in the book, but I know um, after the fact that some people have talked about that, that's probably one that if there was a subsequent book, I'm sure that would probably definitely be one that would be right up there. Because um, I wanted to have, I wanted to have like a mix of some football, some hockey, some baseball, some basketball, not have, you know, one, any one sport too dominant in the book. But, uh, you know, you could go on and on. I mean, there could be, yeah. if you wanted to think about it. Yeah. I mean, Jeff, do you think you might do a second Buffalo sports what-if scenario book? Are you tempted? Well, I have ideas popping through my head. I mean, it's always possible that I could. Okay. Um. Now, tell me, Jeff, how difficult is it in writing, uh, quote-unquote, counterfactual history, what-if scenarios? Is it a difficult exercise? I mean, what's it like? Because I've never tried it myself. I mean, is, is it difficult doing a what-if scenario? Tell me, tell us about it. Well, I mean, it, it, it really depends. I mean, the standard approach has always been, with most what-if books, is the publisher will assign different writers and say, you write an essay about this and you write an essay about that. So you get one point of view. Um, but I, I, what I found is, say you have several different sports writers and you, and you ask them the same question, you're gonna get five different answers. And they give you something to think about because they all think differently. Of course, if I was gonna write it myself and say I was gonna write, uh, what if the Dolphins Bills won Super Bowl 25, what Jeff Dahlberg thinks, then that would just be one person's point of view. Um, I mean, I think the research is fun. It's not, it's not too difficult. I will, I mean, I like to do research. So, I mean, I find researching uh, these things enjoyable. But I do like the fact that I feel like in my book, it's sort of like you're talking about sports at a bar at a party and say everyone's weighing in with their opinion. You're going to get three different opinions, four different opinions that makes it a lot more fun to read for the reader. Um, but the process of of writing it and thinking about it, um, I guess it just helps when you have a group when you throw ideas around and you ask people these different questions and then you think, huh, well, maybe that could have happened. I never thought of it that way, you know? And uh, so I guess when it's a collaborative exercise, it, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, Jeff, whenever I interview an author, I always love asking this question. When you were growing up, who were your favorite authors that you loved to read? And did any of your favorite authors kind of influence or in your own writing style or help inspire you to become an author in your own right? Well, you know, it's an interesting question because when I was growing up, I was actually into fiction and I would read a lot of Stephen King and Dean Koontz and uh, authors like that. Um, I really liked their, their short stories and their, their descriptions. Um, but I found when I was writing that I was more of a nonfiction writer. Uh, some people can just come up with a character in a story and it just comes to them. And then other people, uh, you're sort of like David McCullough, that you just like to do the research and the history and you like to just hear what other people have to say and, and, and sort of weave the story around that. And so I found as I got older that I got more into the nonfiction, the historical writers, uh, more than the fiction writers. Um, and that, and so I kind of, my tastes have changed a little bit, I guess I would say, 
uh, as I've gotten older. Now, when did you decide, when did you want to become an author? When, when did you start, you know, working, you know, uh, you know, writing your books? Well, um, I would say maybe it was around five years ago. I, I was, um, I had written, you know, different things. Um, and I was interviewing for different jobs in the advertising writing field. Um, and I just decided that I just felt like it was something that I wanted to do was like, uh, tackle this topic. Let's try to see if I can do this. And the way I approached it is I thought, well, if I can write one chapter, say, you know, and actually it was a sports chapter, as it turned out, you know, Terry Pugula and some loyal fans keep the bills in Buffalo. And so I did the research. I said, okay, now I wrote the chapter. I said, okay, now why don't we write a chapter about the Sabres taking for Jack Eichel in 2014? And then the book, the book sort of builds like you're, you're putting bricks on a wall, kind of. That's just how I see it. It's like, okay, I have one brick, and then I lay another chapter that's another brick, and then pretty soon I have a bunch of bricks and I have a wall, and it's sort of like building a book. And that's, that's my approach to it, um, to writing. Other people, I guess, it just sort of comes to them all at once and they just can't stop writing. They put it down. I mean, the famous story about Jack Kerouac was, you know, he had a typewriter and he had a roll of paper that was just one big sheet, <laughs> and he just kept typing and typing and typing, and every so often he would he would, you know, smoke another cigarette and change his T-shirt, you know, until um, On the Road uh, was done. Basically, it's going to blaze of like two days, but I don't write that way. I I write the sort of chapter uh, brick by brick approach. Now, uh, this uh, we all just bought a team, the biggest what-ifs in Buffalo history. Is this conventionally published or is this a self-published book, Jeff? Oh, it's, uh, it's actually conventionally published. My publisher is... NFB Publishing, which is a local publisher in the Buffalo, New York area. But um, it is, uh, my first book was self-published, not just Stone Chicken Wings, but we all just bought a team um, is through a conventional publisher. Where can readers find this book? Is it available in stores or, or do you have to purchase it online? Uh, well, right now it's available online. It's available on Amazon.com. It's available on barnesandnoble.com, and you can also go to the publisher's website, nfbpublishing.com, and it's uh, available there too. Um, we're hoping, I'm, well, I'm hoping that when this whole uh, coronavirus pandemic is over and people are more comfortable going to bookstores and, you know, interacting in public, that it might be possible that in the future we'll have, you know, we'll have it at physical stores and book signings and that type of thing. But it's, uh, as for now, um, it's available at those three outlets online. Jeff, tell us about your very first book, not just snow, not just snow and chickens, positive stories about Buffalo's rebirth. How did that? What's that about, and how did it come about? Well, um, that's a local interest book um, about my hometown, uh, Buffalo, New York, and the quote, um, "Not just snow and chicken wings." Uh, oh, okay. The uh, yeah, it's okay. Um, the Erie County Executive, it's, it's Buffalo's in a county called Erie County, um, he made an announcement when uh, Governor Mario Cuomo um, had the solar city uh, solar panel manufacturing plant that was opening. And the county executive said, well, now Buffalo will be just famous for just uh, the bills, chicken wings, and snow. And so I got the idea of, well, more than just snow and chicken wings, because that's what people think of when they think of, of Buffalo. The snow is a lot, and the people eat a lot of wings. Um, and basically, um, I did, it was a mix because I did local interest stories. I thought that the bills, um, 
Terry and Ken Pizzula buying the Bills, a huge story at the time, um, because they could have gone somewhere else. Um, there were two other bidders for the team, uh, Donald Trump and John Bon Jovi. And um, fortunately for the West New York fans, uh, we saw what happened with L.A. with the Chargers, the Rams, you know, you know St. Louis, losing their team, San Diego, and Oakland going to Vegas. I mean, it was a very real possibility that the team could have been the fourth team to move out of town. Um, as we saw in recent years. And then the other was, of course, the Sabres taken for Jack Eichel. And then I did a few more chapters on um, the restoration of the uh, western terminus of the Erie Canal, which was almost buried and replaced with a replica. But a group of citizen activists um, put a stop to it, had a lawsuit. It was something that happened about 20 years ago. Um, so you can actually go to downtown Buffalo and see the actual uh, western terminus of the Erie Canal that was unearthed. And it's a really a nice display. They have cobblestones and bridges and ships and there's, you know, right by the, the harbor. So it's a really nice tourist attraction. Um, and then I did a chapter on historic preservation in the city, which is, um, it's an old city like all the northern cities. Um, so I did a chapter on historic preservation and then one on the uh, new economy in the area with Solar City and some other uh, new businesses that were starting. So that came out about five years ago, and then I published my second book um, just a couple months ago. Jeff, let me apologize for lousing up the title of your first book. Please accept my humble okay. apologies on it's that. It's all right. No, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Now, Jeff, please tell our listeners, what is your next book project? What will it be, and when can we expect its release? Do you have any ideas for the future? <laughs> well, um, I have some ideas um, filtering around in my head. I don't have anything definite right now. Um, I have to, it, like, it's, it's an involved process. It took me a couple of years to write this one. So I, I wouldn't want to keep people waiting that long for another book. Um, but I don't have, I don't have a definite thing yet nailed down, but I'll definitely let everybody know uh, when I do. Now, you mentioned earlier when you were growing up, you loved reading fiction. Do you think you might be tempted to, uh, to explore fiction, write a novel of some sort? Are you tempted into that regard or strictly nonfiction? Well, I, you know, I, don't, I think very few writers can successfully pull off both fiction and nonfiction. I know you had Sal Mayorata on a few, uh, few weeks ago, and uh, he wrote a novel about 1968, which is fictional, even though he mostly writes uh, nonfiction books. And there are there are writers that um, can do that. I guess I'm not ready to take the plunge yet. I I really do like um, I'm more of a, like the David McCullough route of doing historical research. Um, but you know that they could always change. I could always get adventurous someday and say, why not? Maybe I'll try a fiction book. But as for now, I think I'm going to stick to the fiction route, nonfiction route. Sorry. Okay. Jeff, I want to thank you for appearing on my show, and I wish you best of luck in all your literary endeavors. And when you do come out with your next book, please let me know. I want you, I love to have you on my show again, where we can talk about your next book. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, letting me talk to you a little bit about my book. It was a great experience. And ladies and gentlemen, his latest release, again, is We All Just Bought a Team, The Biggest What Ifs in Buffalo Sports History. You can get it at Amazon. Jeff, uh, I want to wish you a very happy new year. Please be safe. And I, I can't wait to have you on my show again, okay? Well, thank you, man. Thank, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, we may do this again sometime. 
Thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye, man. Okay, bye-bye. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for next week's show where I will be interviewing sports author Joseph Rose. And this concludes uh, season one of The Package Tourist. Thank you and good night.